This is A Smaller Life, a podcast about making more conscious and more ethical choices within our crafts. Hosted by me, Saskia de Feiter. I'm a small business owner who wants to grow by going smaller. Together with local makers, I make tools, yarns and accessories for knitters that want to buy less, buy better, make more and make it last. Keeping away the overwhelm and all the ridiculousness of overconsuming within our crafts. In the podcast, I endeavor to answer the question we ask ourselves before we start a project. What do we buy? Where do we buy? Who do we buy from? Or don't we buy at all? But use what we already have. Because when you think about what you do, you take more time and end up with less of everything. As a result, you'll get a smaller life. This episode of A Smaller Life is sponsored by Ovis Etc. Ovis Etc. offers non-superwash, non-nylon, hand-dyed yarns. Indie dyer Saskia Maas dyes her yarns with a passion. Inspired by anything from nature, fashion to interior design, her palettes breathe contemporary natural beauty. Saskia has a talent for color combinations, and her mini skein sets are super smart. Just pick a set and you're ready to go. Go to officeetc.com to get these wonderful yarns and listen to episode 15 of A Smaller Life to learn more about Saskia's conscious choices in yarn dyeing as I talk to her about her work. Super excited to talk to Cynthia Vallette today. She is otherwise known as at from Cynthia on Instagram. She designs patterns for knitted animals but not just any kind of toy. These animals have real souls. They are beautiful. And she has a very smart way of designing them. So you can knit them in one piece from the head to the bottom. So you see their character quickly develops. So you really quickly connect to the animal that you're making. It's such a wonderful process and so smart. Cynthia is truly talented and a joy to talk to, and she has a lot to share with us. So enjoy my talk with Cynthia Vallette. Bonjour, Cynthia. Hey, bonjour, Saskia. <laughs> I am wearing my Brit. Britannia shirt, my Breton shirt today for you. <laughs> oh, especially for me. Especially it's for you. nice. So you put you put a cloud on it. Yes, but because this it... is what I remember from the weather. There. Oh, okay. <laughs> so no, it's often sunny too. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> I didn't have like a beret lying around. No, it's so it's so like it, it would be so stupid if if you would bring tulips to a to a conversation. Now, I, this is just what I wear every day. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. So um, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy to see your face while we talk because we go back a little while, but our conversations mostly have been on the back end of Instagram, right? Yes, yes. Written one. Written Re- conversations. Yes. 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 It feels and good to to talk. Can you tell us who you are and what you do for a living and everything else? Uh, my name is Cynthia Vallet. Uh, I'm from France. I live uh, in Nantes, 
which is a town on the west coast. Uh, no, not on the west coast, but not far from the west coast in uh, in France. And uh, I'm a designer of knitted toys and a pattern writer. This is what I do for a living now. It's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> and did you train to be a designer of knitted toys or patterns for knitted toys? Uh, I have never trained officially. I'm, I'm a self-taught designer or pattern writer. I don't know what, what I could have done as a training for this. I never followed artistic studies or stuff like this, uh, or designing studies. For a long time, I've been thinking I could have a lack of legitimacy for this reason. For a long time, I've had regrets not having made uh, artistic studies or uh, craft studies because I think I would have liked I had thought about this when I was young, but then it's behind me. <laughs> and so I started to be more confident on my legitimacy and I see more what I'm learning day after day. And I see more and more what I'm learning as true skills. Yeah. I don't know if it's <laughs> truly clear, but I mean, more and more, I, I think that these skills learn day after day uh, at the same level as uh, true. Yeah. So by repeating and by doing it, yes, you will I, grow your skills to the same level as they would have been. To if, official skills. I yes. don't know how to, how to, well, to, yeah, to say I it, but I, I put it less under what it could have been if I had followed oh, I see what uh, you mean. Yeah. artistic cursus. Is it something you would say? Yeah, cursus, course, uh, course or an course education. Or, yes, education. Yes. Yeah, so you will do that, right? When you spend enough time working on a skill, you will get to uh, a yes. certain level. And you could argue that by being self-taught, for some people, and in some occasions, it's even better because you really dive into specific needs that you have as an artist, as a designer, whereas an education gives you a more broader viewpoint. Yes. And also that has its um, benefits. But like for me, I didn't go to business school and I became an entrepreneur uh, purely fueled by uh, my heart's desire and my my soul's wantings. <laughs> I'm yes. Looking, I'm watching Anne with an E. I'm super. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I, I watch it too. I wish I uh, I haven't watched it yet to rewatch it now. Oh, I'm I'm rewatching yeah. it with my daughter and uh I I love everything about it. Mm. All the romantic yes. uh, ideas she has but also the way everything looks and yes. I know that's silly because it was a hard life but it looks so simple in a way. Yes. Like it's only what you need and we talked about mm. this a little bit yes. before. What you need, make it beautiful, make it functional. Yeah, it, it's a romantic idea to me now, maybe to uh, more people in this day and age where we feel like we're overwhelmed by all of the things. Mm. Yes, yeah. I, when I was looking at it, I was thinking about the the scenery of the house. And all the time I was thinking that everything was so minimalist. And even if it's 
in the past that we could look for this a little bit more. Exactly. Do you yeah. get inspired? Because let me explain for people that don't know these series. It's a TV series on Netflix based on Anne of Green Gables, the book. Are you inspired by TV series or like this? Or what are your inspirations for your patterns? Uh, I'm a lot inspired by illustration. Really, really a lot. I love illustration. Uh, so I can be inspired by what I can see from the TV, especially in the animation industry and especially all the movie and cartoons which are featuring um, animals as humans. Oh, this yeah. is really, really, really what I love. I can get very excited in front of a cartoon or a movie. And when I'm watching at a cartoon, I'm watching it fully, just often with my youngest kid, but fully for me too. So yes, on TV, I'm really inspired by this. And, um, and I'm very inspired by in illustration from books. I have a passion for kids' uh, literature for a very long time, from maybe like 25 years old. I, I've never stopped being patient by uh, kids' literature. In my mom's life first, because I've been reading stories every evening <laughs> for 20 years now, because my older son is 20 years old, at the rate of two stories <laughs> each evening. So we are fully diving into illustration every evening. And I keep doing it because my youngest is only six. And I've been working in bookshop as a kid's book uh, seller. Mm -hmm. I had the kid's uh, section in charge. So it's really something that I love, love, love. Oh. So I'm always, <laughs> always looking at characters, how they are drawn, how they are dressed. And once again, I have a preference for animals' characters. Do you have any favorites? Do you have any favorite characters? Mm, I think about Serene in particular, which we are reading a lot because we are reading a lot of diversity. Mm. Uh, it doesn't come right now, but I often say when I look at the at the book, oh, I love this one. Yeah. But now, right now, it's just it's always it's, just, it's always yeah. the case when somebody asks yes. you that. I can imagine if you're getting taken away by a character because it's. It's another world. It's a mirror image of our world uh, as people. And then yeah. it's easier to, to digest maybe feelings and ideas through the shape of animals more than people because um, not always you identify with the person in the story. And if there's an animal, um, there's something in between. And I don't know, it's very interesting how that works. There must be some researchers about that. Yes, it's it's like a door, a door open. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like a space in between. Uh, in Thank French, you for we explaining say... this exactly <laughs> the way I mean it, but with better words. <laughs> well, in French, we say a sas. I don't know the English word, a sas, a little space where you yeah. make a transition. Yeah. between something and something else yes like an entry and i think following animals uh, stories allow this uh, this passage yeah. 
to something yeah. else. Just stop wondering about, is it possible? Is it true? Is it just like this? Yeah, yeah exactly. And how did uh, you not become a children's book writer or illustrator, but how did this love translate to knitting? I would have liked to be a book writer or illustrator. I've already tried to write story um, just like, like this quite long ago. I would have liked to draw. And on this point, I have often or I've too long thought about this problem of legitimacy. I never learned, so uh, I yeah. can't do it. Yeah. And I think that one day I will try again. But illustration is that kind of skill where I'm too locked now. I'm thinking I, I've never learned, so I can't do it. So oh, yeah. a little part of me thinks it's not true, but yes. for now I, I'm in this state of mind. Uh, whereas for knitting, as I'm doing things in three dimensions with my hands, and I think I can do it like this. So it's a little bit a way to draw characters also. Uh, it seemed more easy for me to enter with a, a natural material in yes. three dimension to go into it like this. I started to try and it brought some results. And then from this, I could progress. And so it, I came into it like this. It was not a big, big plan, but step after little step, it started to work as a, as a way to draw characters. But it wasn't, uh, it could have been another way. I mean, yeah. at, at some point, at some yes. point. If you've started baking cakes, for instance, and you turned into a character making cake person, <laughs> yes. could, could that have happened? But, <laughs> I'm not interested enough, interested enough in food. Yeah, so it, it came out the way it should have come out, I think, because yes, I think. you're so talented at this. I mean, in the world of knitting, I think there are two or three names in this particular area, and you have risen to the top. It's amazing. You um, Your characters are so lovable and cute and... Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, I admire your work a lot. To be quite honest, and I have to be honest, I haven't knit any of them because I don't know why. I don't uh, feel the need to do it. Maybe. Not at this moment, mm. but I yeah. love them. I And I, I'm super fortunate to have had Marley that helped me yes. with the samples for the for the shop and she she has knit me bunny odile uh, with her little socks and her little dress and i mean if you know me there's there's nothing i love more than animals because i talked to my stuffed animals until i was i'm not even gonna say how old i was i was connected to my stuffed animals in ways that they were actually really my friends so this should be my knitting and I am going to do it because I think maybe that's it maybe I think I'll get addicted um, <laughs> but to be honest my knitting brain usually wants the longer simpler type of knitting which sounds really weird when you're a professional in the knitting industry 
but I love straightforward knitting. And this is almost like making a figure out of clay. You're like with every row, you're making a new shape and it's, it's magic. It's wonderful. If you want to build or grow your business in textile crafts, why don't you join our online community for the small monthly contribution of only 10 euros, which is basically $10-ish. You get to hang out, learn from, and share your business and your personal craft journey with all the lovely people there. Support the podcast at the same time, and you get everything wrapped into one loving package. I would love to welcome you there. Go to patternshift.fm and click community. And while you're there, sign up for our emails so you'll never miss a thing. Yes, this this is what I like um, in knitting. It's like the, it's, as you said, uh, three-dimension soft sculpture. Yes. Well, it but- has the potential for this because... I haven't been knitting for a very long time. The first time I tried knitting is like when when my first kid was a little boy, like 16 or 17 years ago. And at that time in France, we had mainly brand with acrylic wool and stuff like this. Yes, (laughs) Fida. So at that moment, I wasn't, uh, I'm not going to say that it was a problem for me at that moment, but I didn't even realize how the wool industry was about to be renewed and how it could bring all the extraordinary brands that we have now and all exactly. the indie work. And I, I could not imagine that. So it was not really a problem of acrylic, but it wasn't very motivating to try to knit something that you could buy in a shop. And I really didn't like the seeming aspect. Not because I think it's a problem to seam a garment, for example, but I was never finishing the things I was starting. (laughs) So it's not really a strong conviction, but actually I wasn't completing anything. You'd be uh, interested to know that I, when I moved house, I got rid of a monkey. It was half knit. It was several parts in this brand. Because this was the brand I started with. This is when everything started from there and I grew my mm-hmm. knowledge and then I changed into um, offering all natural yarns. So I had this monkey in pieces because you never finish it. And this is so great yeah. about your patterns. You start and one of the things that I love is a lot of the time or maybe all the time you start with the head. All the time. All the time. And yeah. then you have, if you look at Instagram and, and you look at the hashtags for Cynthia's designs, you see this head emerging and it sounds, it sounds a little bit creepy, but it's super cute. So don't worry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the heads are really cute. And once you have the heads, it is finished. It is stuffed. It has eyes. It has a face. There's no way you're not going to finish yes, that. You because can't let it, it needs down. a soul. It needs, a, it needs to start living. So this is really, I don't know if you do this intentionally, but it's really... Yes, it I do it intentionally for two reasons. Because I, I really... The first reason, the practical one, is to avoid procrastination. It was really my first intention because 
I know I also have uh, a bear from my very, very early meeting beginning at the same time uh, we were talking about previously. And I never finished it because you have you had to assemble and stuff like this. And I just forget about it. Some people don't mind assembling. Some people like it. So it's not a problem. But for the people who don't like and intend to leave the, their project in pieces uh, in a bag, I thought that uh, starting like this uh, could help not procrastinating uh, in the end, simply. So you make the toy in one piece, so you won't have anything to assemble, and you start it from the head, which is also the thing that slows down people at some point, adding the face features. The main reason is the anti-procrastination program. Oh, so smart. <laughs> yes. <It's> so smart. <laughs> And the second reason is that, just like you said, I tend to mentally breathe a lot of life into stuffed animals. We love stuffed animals at home. My youngest daughter is also a lot into stuffed animals. She doesn't play a lot with anything else, but she loves uh, her animals. So having this little head already alive in your hand... <laughs> It's just weird sometimes, but I feel from the beginning it's almost alive. Yes, and you want yes. to care for it. Yes. So you want so to. Even if you take time to do it, even if you let it in a bag for a while or in a basket, then it's here, it's already alive, yeah. and you have the biggest chance to to reach the end. And I yeah. see it from my daughter when I work on a new toy, when only the head is existing, she sometimes comes back from school and says, oh, so cute she can see it already she sees the soul of it already it's so special it's so special and I can't imagine like stuffing that little head back into a pouch before you will work on it again I think I will just sit it on the sofa or something I'm such a baby (laughs) and that's why I love all the pictures of people knitting your patterns they breathe this exact what we're talking about they will position their patterns in their works in progress as if they are already there there's yes. no fail i haven't seen any pictures that are just like casually draped next to a cup of coffee like you would usually see with knitting people just really connect to it so you are in fact a story writer in a way because you are giving people characters and then the story starts to unfold it's a beautiful thing uh <laughs> it is i'm like my my whole uh end of green gables is waking up in myself I'm like oh. <laughs> so, no it's true that people some are making toys for their kids so it's the most practical reason to make toys but uh, I see also a lot of people making them for themselves as adults and making them for the knitting experience. Yes. And they are caught by the soul, which is uh, spreading out their knitting. And it's true that uh, spontaneously the, the little character takes room in their life. Yes. And it's funny. And it's really, really, I love this. I love yes. seeing this. It talks to my imagination and uh, it makes the life grow. Yeah, 
I put life in the toys and all the knitters adding amount of life and it's growing and it's growing. Another that's chapter, that's the, another yes, chapter. Yes, yes. Mm, that's the feeling I have. And it's really nice because even if they all follow the pattern mm-hmm. and you can recognize the animal, the character, it's really for everyone, people are, are making their own, bringing a little touch or they are always spreading something different yes. a little bit different a little part of the maker yes and the kind of yarns that they use make yes they make the difference as well do you have other specific needs for the yarns for your patterns what would you say is the best to use uh, I think you can use a lot of yarns for the pattern. I like fingering weight yarns because I really like the scale of the animals with uh, fingering weight yarn. So for me, it's the ideal yarn to use. I like tiny needles. So that's my favorite. But if someone doesn't feel right with tiny needles and fingering weight yarn, it will work well with a heavier yarn. Then as we work as a very tight gauge, I wouldn't recommend too rustic yarn because of the comfort and the the feeling uh, in order to avoid feeling like struggling with with your yarn during the process. What I really recommend is just not making a swatch because it's not really useful uh, in terms of measurement, Mm -hmm. but making a little try, a little knitting run with the yarn you think uh, you want to use and see if you feel comfortable with it when you work at a tight gauge. Yeah. See if you have pleasure using it while making a firm fabric. Yes. So that's the most important. Yes. And in terms of colors, I like working with uh, dyers and dyed yarn Yes, uh, because you have vari- variegations in it and stuff like this, and it always brings something nice to the toy. It's so, extra life. It's um, yes, yeah. it's it's an ex- extra touch. Yes, of of something, so, and I would really recommend to to try beautiful materials because we don't need a lot of yarn to knit these toys, so it won't be very expensive. That's yes. that's really a good point. So you can afford testing a beautiful yarn, uh, testing the work from a dyer. I think you're, um, we talked about um, knitting from the head, how smart that is, but you also did another really smart thing. I was talking to Saskia from Ovis Etc. And uh, she makes the mini skein sets. Yeah. And um, we were talking about for some people how hard it is to decide what to do with these sets. Mm. And um, then you ordered a set from my shop and then you designed, um, it was Bunny Odile, wasn't it? Yes. 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 And the smart thing is that um, using this whole set for a, a bunny with a dress and socks um, just everything comes together in only a small amount of yarn. Yes, and you have a lot. It's it's doing a lot from um, a few amounts of things. It's doing a lot with uh, not not nothing, but yes, uh, not a lot of materials. It's really nice. But for Bonnie Adil, it was a little challenge because I first 
purchase this set. And actually, I wouldn't have need so much. I could have stopped after the bunny <laughs> and uh, just a dress or a sweater and a pair of socks or something like this. But I had this set in my hands and I was feeling bad not to use it. And it was the spark to light the rest of the work, of the designing work. So I designed really a lot for this pattern. It was What's a the lot whole, of work. What was the whole package? Uh, in the pattern? Yes. Yes. In the pattern, you have uh, the pattern for the bunny. Uh, I made two. It's the same pattern, but I made two bunnies, like two characters, uh, because I wanted to use the two beautiful natural tones that I could find in the set. And then there is a sweater for one of the bunny, a dress, a sweater variation from the dress, um, to a pyjamas and a variation from the pyjamas and a pair of socks. So, and I still have a few left over yeah. and I'd like to make something with the leftover when I will have time. But the idea was to try to use the whole set and I, I often buy sets of mini because I have love at first, I, at first sight mm -hmm. for sets of mini. And before starting making these toys, I was among the people who might not know what to do with the minis. Yeah. So that's also why I went on this thinking about how to make the most of a mini set. Yes. And how many grams, how many meters of fingering weight? Do you remember the set? How, how was it 100 it grams was, in total or? Uh, 125, okay. if I remember, because Saskia has this particularity to propose 25 grams mini skin. Yeah. So it's, it's the reason why Bunny Odile could fit into a mini skins because yeah. it's a little, a little bit too tight to fit her in a 20 grams mini skin. Yeah. But I, uh, I saw people challenging themselves to make her in 20 grams and they just uh, add little, no, no, they respect the body of Bunny Odile, <laughs> but then. <laughs> they just add like uh, fruit. They make transition to change the color of the of the feet or yes. or the pose or stuff like this. Yes, like this right. or making just as if she had underwears. Or yes, yes. Yeah. So it's the uh, it's still possible to make her with a twenty grams with a little bit of cheating. Yes, cool. So, do you consider yourself a conscious business owner? And if so, uh, what areas are you particularly um, focusing on? Yeah. So um, the particularity with my, my business is that it doesn't involve material things. I don't have to wrap. I don't have to send things. I don't have to, to think about this aspect of consciousness because mm -hmm. it's mainly digital. So it's I think that it can be more into the people I'm working with. And for this reason, I'm very interested in uh, working with small brands. And especially when I know how conscious they are on their own business and how careful they are when they make yarns. And that's my main way to think about this. 
And uh, if I, if throw, throughout my designs, I can promote or support another small business who is working consciously, it's the way I can do things, I think. Yes. So yes. I think it's the main, the main aspect of my work which can be the, the other aspect is also that a lot of people are working with leftover. We don't have to buy a lot of things to make this design. And I really encourage to do it. I mean, I'm not always encouraged to do it loudly at the beginning because my concern is also to promote the maker of yards I'm working with. So of course I encourage people to try this yarn to, to, uh, to have a look at the brand and to see how it works. So I'm not going to say you don't have to buy yarn. It's no. not, you know, I, I like to promote yes. makers. I like to promote their art of color and, and all this stuff. But then if it's not possible, and if you already make a toy with this yarn brand, and if you want to keep making other, you don't have absolutely to buy more yarn because most of the time you have leftover. So it's yes. always an, uh, there's, no, an there's a lot of options. Yes, there's a, there's a lot of options. And um, it's also a way to promote toy making and with beautiful materials yes. and long lasting toy making. I like also to think about this in my process. We talk about the one piece process concerning procrastination, but mm -hmm. I think that the one piece process has also the advantage of making a sturdy toy. You can play with it. I have this one which on my oh. desk, which is the next one, the making. Oh, it's a turtle. Yes, I started to share about it. It's a little turtle. It's just the body for the moment and it's unstuffed. But if you play with it, you, you can really stretch it. Yes. And, and uh, so I'm also thinking, <laughs> thinking about sturdiness when I work because yes. I don't want people to make the toys and just after seeing it's not sturdy enough and just yes. make it for nothing. So they are not designed to be just pretty. They are actually designed to be used as toys. Yes, yeah. it's maybe I, I'm not saying it a lot because I don't take the time to always repeat the, the intentions I had. But yes, I really want to make crude toys. Yes, we can make the, uh, something that can work as both. Yes. I would recommend to be careful with a young baby, of course, but it's just a good sense of uh, measure when you're a mom, you know, you're not going to give everything to, to no, a baby, but, exactly. but I'm, I'm really thinking about sturdiness. I want, and this is also why I'm making clothes because I think that the playing action can start with, with the dressing. Yes. If you don't have anything to do with the, with your toy, you're not going to play a lot. So this is, Yes, it's really important. So I think sturdiness is also linked to sustainability. Yeah, yeah. Just not making something for it not to be used or enjoyed for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people would be very curious to know if you talk about your design and certain uh, yarn brands and mini skein sets and people, knitters heads will immediately go to are there any kits? Can we get yeah. a kit? And how does that work? Like a kit meaning having it all together, send it over in one go. 
Yes, uh, it's a question who often comes, the question of kids. I don't want it to be something uh, automatic for the moment, because uh, when I work with a young brand and mini skins and stuff like this, it's a collaboration in, in the meaning that we are talking about colors with the maker, we are, we are talking about things, but we are not necessarily talking about a true complete kit uh, because it's for now it's not fully our work mm. uh, whether it's me or whether it's the yarn maker to make a complete kit it could be a thing at some point but for the moment I think the most important is gathering a bundle of yarn because it's the speciality of the yarn maker and yes. it's, this is where the yarn maker is is good where he has something to bring Mm-hmm. And for me, the most important is the designs. So where does the process start? Where does it start? Do you start with the yarn and then start making? Or do you design with the yarn you have lying around and then think maybe we could connect this to a small brand? How do you come together? And because I think uh, what's what's important to say is that we are making the connection with yarn makers because the design you are making will be made of a certain kind of yarn and that yarn is what people will see and will connect to yes. your pattern and so yes i think uh, so i try to answer about the kids qu- the kids question maybe after because i think it wasn't clear but... i think it's connected in a way <laughs> yes so, yeah. uh, it's true that the yarn uh, i choose is totally part of the character creation so Yes, it is how people will discover the character. And when I design, I really stick to this. And it's true that when after the design is released, after it has been living on social media, on the internet for a while, I keep showing it most of the time with the the initial uh, yarn I used or the initial brand I work with because it's totally part of the design. Right from the beginning, I have my idea of the yarn I'd like to use. Most of the time I discuss colors or yarn with the yarn maker. I get in touch. I'm really working uh, in collaboration with the yarn maker and the colors that come from the yarn maker can inspire me some outfits and this is why it's really really linked right from the beginning and um, I like the idea of using a palette a true palette for from a yarn maker it gives yes and it gives my palette to the design yeah so it's really important so the yarn is very interchangeable Mm -hmm. for the maker there is no need to go for uh, the yarn I use and everyone will find an easy solution mm-hmm. if, if he wants but in the design it's true that the yarn is really part yes. of the creation of the character that makes total sense yes and, and I like because it cre- I like this way of working because it creates a new adventure each time when I start taking the picture or it's not going to inspire the same background and the same story yeah. and it's the whole thing and uh, and this is really why i value the work of dyers too because they really create a palette they, they really make a creation work behind yes, this exactly and i like using this 
it's really rich for me. It's yeah. like it's really using the work of uh, distant, remote colleagues. But mm -hmm. yes, and regarding the kits, yes, sometimes it can happen that we propose a full kit, mm -hmm. just like an occasion for the moment, like we did for Sadisuri when we were working with the Wild and Woolly Shop, for example, because it was a Christmas. Uh, occasion it was uh, something we wanted to be special mm -hmm. but most of the time what we what we are doing we, without any contract it's just we are what we are naturally doing with the yarn maker is just gathering the bundle of yarn so people can find the bundle of yarn i used if they wish to and then they buy uh, the pattern from your and and the yarn from their end and this way they support you at the same time yes um and also because a pattern is usually sold digitally yeah um there's not a question of having to send over two different packages um so that's yes also different. Yes. yes and when we want to make a true kit like we did for sadi occasionally the pattern can be included but it's not really something useful it's not so necessary it's, it's not necessary no yes and also in terms of uh payment if you make a kit with a yarn maker are you buying the yarn and then having to resell the yarn are they buying the patent for you and having to resell that mm. it is as a business owner um it, it uh, brings an extra admin exactly. dimension which is not absolutely necessary exactly. yes and i can imagine it's hard enough um making a business with selling patents because your patents sell at five euros something Yes, five sixty-five. Yes, so that's a lot of patterns you need to sell, and then everything that is an extra cost is an extra cost. I would yes. imagine. Yes. Yes, I try to make things easy, and I don't think it's a problem for people to get the pattern directly in a digital form from me. So. Uh, Yes, I think it's easier to mm. to work like this. Yeah, you're totally right. I'm not a lover of admin. No. <laughs> so if I can Who avoid is? adding extra steps, it's really better. It makes yes. more time to design. Could you tell us a little bit about the process? Is there a certain amount of time that you spend designing one animal? Is it always a little bit the same? Does it change a little bit? how many crazy mm. hours go into that and well, yeah i never counted precisely it's not always the same because sometimes i go for more challenging animals and it requires many trials and i was thinking it was going to be faster and finally it's really longer mm. and i think it's not obvious from the outside when the animal is done but for the turtle, for example, or the shaping of the back, how to get uh, the morphology of a turtle, how to make it cute without a muzzle, mm. all this stuff uh, made me make a lot of turtles. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of times. And for example, for the turtles, I'm going to release it later than I expected to. But if I'm getting better at having a regular rhythm, mm -hmm. I would say that maybe I would need to count like two or three months for a pattern. Wow. 
but it would be a nice rhythm to to get so, so it's a it's a lot of work but at the same time uh, my days are short i keep having kids at home and yeah. uh, yes i can't my days are short we have a lot of holidays school breaks friends so for the moment as a mom i also try to stay available at home and yeah. to keep the chance that this kind of work can bring as a mom i'm thinking that one day i will be working faster in a yeah. few years but for now i have to accommodate this rhythm of work yeah I I, for me, it's the same. Well, it wasn't a standard for me yet, but the standard is I work from home and you can really step into your role as a mother with the type of work that we do. We can be a little bit flexible. Mm. At the same time, I have lists and, and plannings of how things would work best. And um, I try to work at least four hours a day that's the ideal. I want to work four hours a day and for the rest of the time be available as uh, a mom, a partner and mm -hmm. try to keep my house uh, clean and in order because we don't have help at the moment. And it's a, it's a hard balance sometimes, isn't it? Because your mindset sometimes, I mean, for me, it works. Sometimes I'm in a, in a, in a flow or a state of now I feel like I'm creative and I want to work but then somebody needs me or something needs to get done. Do you find it um, hard to mix it all together? Or is it like, thank God that I can mix it all together or a little bit of both? No, I find it hard. I don't think you have a lot of mom uh, answering that uh, uh, it's easy to yeah. make it work together. Uh, I find it difficult because sometimes it's about the process and in my mind, the creative process uh, is not stopped, for example, at, at some point in the afternoon. But if I have to go out to pick up my daughter at school and if it's already four, it, it has to stop. And at that moment, I think that every day I always lose a lot of time because if I could have let the process end at that moment, I would have one time. It's often the problem. And the same at, at the scale of school break. I always wish that I could finish or complete a step in the process right before the school break. Yeah. And if, if I could manage to do this, I would be really more productive and efficient. But most of the time, it's not done right at the beginning of the school break. Yeah. So this is the point I find difficult because... Uh, the process just doesn't stick into the time pockets I have. The other thing I find difficult is about focusing sometimes because mm -hmm. I also have big kids and they go to high school, for example, or to their studies, but sometimes they come back because they have a hole in their schedule or they, and then they want to, to talk or say something. If I wasn't at home at that moment, they just would do something else. And it's nice that they can talk to me, but it also breaks the focusing. So, have you established some some boundaries? In have you made some rules about that? No, I don't have permanent rules. If I really have an urgent deadline or something like that, they they will totally understand that. Yeah. If I know them speaking to someone or something like this, I'm not going to be disturbed. But 
I'm not going to say between nine and 12, you're not talking to me, just do like if I was outside at the office. I'm, I'm not saying this because like we were saying before, that's the good point of being here too. Yes. The only rules is that if I'm really late or if I'm really busy because of a deadline, I will tell them just to disturb less at that moment. Yes. And the other difficulties, like you were saying, is just to have the mind free when it stops. Yeah. Also because the room where you're working, you can close the room, but you... Do you have a workroom? Yes, I have a yeah. workroom. Yes. That's I... such a... A difference. I'm so happy yes. that I have a workroom. Yes, I yes. really have one and it's really nice because it's a place where I can let everything and just create the atmosphere I like, even if it's not the decoration that other would like. So it's in my room and I make what I want in my room. But even if I have, if I have a workroom, I really have to force myself sometimes not to go back into it after a certain time and I I'm not always good at emptying my mind yeah, yeah. Uh, in, the, in the evening. But I'm thinking during the last school break, I've started to read books about focusing and deep work and stuff yes, like this. Yes. And I'm really trying to put in place new habits. Yes, I've yes. been working with that too. And it, uh, it really helps because for me, I do have to set some boundaries. So... I put, there's a sticker on the door right now that says recording. <laughs> yeah. But I talked to them before I'm going to be recording. So please remember that. Sometimes they forget their kids. So <laughs> sometimes during an interview, I will have to say, sorry, I got to go for a minute and then mm. ask them to be a little bit more quiet. And I made some cards for my daughter that said two with three questions and a story. So she could like knock on my door and during a work day, she could come in and ask three questions and tell me one story. And okay. I used that for a week because she, my son is not here. You don't even know that he's here. He is, yeah. but she just really wants to, she's a little bit older, but she still wants to come and cuddle. And um, she kind of needs to reload her energy coming yeah. to me. But if I let her do it, I will never get into the flow. I will never be yes. able to. So I really had to make some boundaries. And we did this for a week and it changed. She kind of got the point from this some sort of exercise. Yes, yes. And now she just comes and say hi when she comes back from school because school started again. And then uh, we cuddle and we chat for like 50, sure. 20 minutes. And then I can work for a couple of hours until she wants a snack. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the difference. My youngest is at school. So she's the main point of disturbing when she's here. And the other one are a little bit older. So they enjoy being alone in their room. Or they are 16 and 17. And yes. so, so they will need less than what you're talking about because yes. your daughter is a little bit younger. Yeah. So for the moment, this is why I don't have to put these boundaries more uh, yes, I get in it. a more permanent form. Yes, yeah. it's the age. And mm. how does your family see your profession? How do they look at it? Oh, they are very enthusiastic. I think they are proud mm -hmm. and they are very encouraging. They know how much I love making things and they are happy that I took the time and the choice and the 
to make it happen. Mm. I think this is how they see they see it. Sometimes they think I'm a little bit weird <laughs> because I'm knitting most, for example. Okay, she's the one who is knitting most. <laughs> So she's the one in the little room in the corner. She's making animals. <laughs> but it's it's more of a joke. So they do take it seriously as a job, or that's a weird question to ask. But I think it can it can be an issue if you're a small business in the knitting industry where everyone sees it as a hobby, even your peers, even mm -mm. people that uh knit and are your customers, sometimes don't take your job seriously as a job because to them it's a hobby do you know uh, what well, I mean yes yes I really know what you mean I often feel this uh, evaluation when I talk to people outside the family sphere yeah. yes it's mainly what I feel I can hear things like you're making little creatures it's funny or, or you have these things to keep you occupied or, yeah. you know this is really what I feel mainly But not in my family, not well, in my close family. Yes. That is my husband and my kids. They really understand things. They understand that it's not easy to make money out of designing. And they see how much work and skills you need to develop to reach your goal. And they totally understand that you're not going to be rich with this. Mm. But if you can have a professional approach and stretch your skills and your your efforts, they value this. I think yes. my close family value the the efforts to make it happen like this. So I, I left the hardest question set for last because in the Netherlands people are very straightforward. They will say and think a lot what they have on their mind depending on where you are but it's a general mm -hmm. idea and they would would ask me even with the shop can you make a living out of this and I would always feel like that's so rude you don't ask people that because it feels like you're an artist in the attic like the idea of this uh, dying of hunger artist that is doing his work because he needs to and Um, I felt like people approached me in this way and now I'm here interviewing and actually wanting to ask you the same question, which is awkward, but also important as a message to the listeners. As you said, you have to have a lot of skills, spend a lot of time, and then one pattern sells for a little under six euros. How, how does that work? How do you feel about pricing for patterns? Should it be higher Do you have to really invest in marketing just to be able to sell more to more people? Do you have any plans or ideas about how to, um, how, how does it work with pricing? It must be so hard. For pricing, I, I wouldn't want to make a generous statement because uh, I wouldn't want other designers to think that because I think the price I made or I chose is the right for the moment. It doesn't mean that I think it should be the price that all the pattern designers should sell their pattern. I think it's really a question of conviction at some point. Yes. When I started, I felt that it was a reasonable price for a pattern and I didn't link a calculation of how many I should. So, so 
I would say it's not really professional to do this mm. because it's not probably the way you would do if you were making a business plan. When I decided to give it a try, my first step was not making calculation about how many patterns I should sell to make a living, etc. The first step was really to work out on the first design and, and product and to start selling it to see what was going to happen and if there is interest from people for this kind of designs. And, and this is what I could observe from the selling pattern after pattern mm -hmm. that made me realize that maybe I could keep going and that it could be reasonable to hope making a living with it. It's by my observation of the actual sales. Right. You know, I don't know if it makes sense. It to makes business. a lot of sense. Yeah. I could afford this observation time. Mm. And I always say that in a way I was lucky because when my youngest daughter was born six years ago, I decided to stop teaching. I was a teacher in primary school at that moment. And I wasn't happy in this job. And I took the opportunity to stop it at this moment. I knew I was going to be busy with my youngest daughter and we were about to move. So I just stopped working. So we stopped having this income from me. I restarted at zero in a way. So I stayed really at home with my youngest daughter for her three first years. And I was dreaming a lot about things I wanted to do and I've always liked making things with my hands and being creative and so it was in the background and I knew that when she was going to go to school again I will start making something again but I was restarting from zero so every income at that moment was a plus yeah. was something that coming in addition so it was satisfying to see this plus increasing but I wasn't comparing it to a true full income from another profession. Yes. So yes. It, it helped me to wait for it to become more permanent and more regular. You see? Yeah. Yeah. And it's only after this period of having actual selling of my pattern that I started to think about it more in terms of figures and mm accounting and about the question do i make a living i start making a reasonable living as part of couple as part of a family yes. incoming yes if i was that alone that is your situation yes because that yeah. is my situation so i think that everyone should think compared to his situation yes. and yes. when i think about this uh, do i make a satisfying living uh, from it i also take in consideration the fact that i'm not going into an office I'm not uh, spending a lot of money um, for lunch. Mm. If my daughter is sick, I don't no have problem. to, no well, problem. Yeah. Uh, I'm not working. If I, I won't say I'm not working in the weekend because we all know that we are, when we are independent, we are sometimes working yes. all the time. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing to avoid, but I don't have to. When I was mm -hmm. working, for example, in a bookshop, I had to work every Saturday. And I had to work for Christmas holidays. And I, so I'm taking all the advantage. And, and I, yes, I'm trying to think in terms of balance, yes. advantage of my situation. So maybe, so maybe for people, what I make as an income wouldn't be enough. 
But for me, it starts to be enough if I consider my situation, my short yes. days and the school breaks. I love that answer. Thank you so much for being so generous with answering this from your heart because it's so important to know that working as a professional in the knitting industry has so many shapes and forms. Yesterday, somebody sent me a message on Instagram saying, I studied, um, I don't know what it was, something to do with starting businesses. And she said, I haven't started a business yet because I'm too scared because I do all the calculations and I cannot start because it's not going to go anywhere. I already know. But that also means that I don't take any chances. I don't, mm. I never do anything. And I think a lot of people in our industry, they follow their heart. They do what they love doing. And as long as your balance makes sense for you, for you. in your life, mm. It's full of wins. It's full of great things that you can almost sculpt your life. And I'm so happy to hear that for you, you found this balance, even though it's really hard. And my final question would be, what is your wish for the future as a designer? It may be personal. You don't have to say world peace in knitting or something. It may be a personal <laughs> wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, my wish for the future, one of the wishes I really had for a long time is getting close to the realization of it. So I, maybe I can not say a lot about it, but a little bit. It was to make a book, a book out of the patterns. <laughs> so this is the, the next step I'm going to take. And so it's going to come true. So oh. it's going to be a big, big work. And I'm very happy with it. Uh, so it's the next wish to tackle. Yeah. And I'm yes, it's not in a big future. It's going to happen quite soon. And um, yeah, <laughs> I'm oh, very that's happy. That's so exciting. Yes. I'm yes. so happy for you. Yeah. I'm very happy with this. And it, it was a long time dream. So yeah. that's, this is why I can use it as an answer for uh, oh. how do you see yourself uh, in the future? Because yes, it's it was really something I wanted to do. And for the moment, I just want to keep going, looking forward to having more time to to give more, even more time to the process. So I don't have for now um, an idea of a pivoting that I would do. For now, yes. I want to keep going yes. I, I, and, and improving. And then as details, I have things I want to develop. I would like to have printed patterns. I would like many things. I would like to make kits, my own kits maybe one day. So yeah. there, there is this little satellite. I don't yeah. know if you said this in English, satellites. Uh, yeah, so, yes. I don't know either. Like, up in like the, the planets, the yeah. planets were in orbit, in orbital yeah. position. Yeah, yeah, there are many yeah. little things I want to, I want to make, but there is not a big pivoting uh, yeah. dream. Yes, yeah. for now. Oh, but I, that book sounds wonderful. I'm so happy for you that it's happening. I can't wait. I can't wait. Let me know as soon as you can when it's, it's yes, coming. Yes, I'm, I'm going to start working fully on it soon. Yes. And, and I will keep you more updated. Oh, so lovely. Um, what are the names of all your animals in your patterns? Um, well, <laughs> the first one is Myrtilbert. Yes, Myrtil. that would be 
the bear. Turtle bear. <laughs> yes, turtle bear. The, sec the second one was uh, Winston Leon. Yes, Winston uh, Lion. Then, yes, uh, then came Bunny Odile. Yes, uh, Odile the rabbit. Yes, Bunny yeah. Odile. Yeah. Well, Bunny, Bunny. Yes, yeah. after came Mary Molly. I love that, Mary Molly. <laughs> yes. And Didi Molly. Then came Tutu Bear. Tutu. Tutsuber with the little yeah. one uh, and Sadie Souris. Oh yeah, Sadie. Yes. Sadie, they would say in English, Sadie yes. Mouse. Yes, that's I just try to find them a name, a first name and a last name. And yeah. uh, sometimes it's the name of the animal, sometimes it just evokes the name yeah. of the animal. And yeah. this is one of the things where my kids are making fun of me when <laughs> I look for the name. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and giving us a little peek into uh, your life as a designer, as a mother, how you make a combination and your plans and how you work. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to talk with you. It was really nice. Thank you very much. Bye. I want to give a big shout out to my patrons, Rinke, Saskia, Karen Smeelda, M. Nussler, Anne van Woensel, Marianne Mast, Shanna van der Jacht, Megan Kerr, Sitske Koyman-Krabbedam, Helen Bustad, Evelien van Dorp, Helena Tims and Carmen Jorissen. Thank you all for supporting the podcast and making it possible for me to keep doing this and also to lift it to a higher level because this way... I can have Alison edit the podcast and she does an amazing job. Thank you, Alison. And also an extra thank you to Saskia at Ovis Etc. for sponsoring this episode. Remember, she offers amazing mini skein sets, super perfect for Cynthia's animals and their mini outfits. Think of Ovis Etc. as a great yarn choice. Her yarns are animal friendly, environmentally friendly. She pays a lot of attention uh, where she gets her yarns and how she dyes her yarn. So basically ticking all the boxes. A Smaller Life is more than just a podcast. It's connected to Yavol, an indie yarn and tool shop from Rotterdam in the Netherlands, with an online community that's all about bringing back the consciousness in our crafting practice and businesses. The website is www.ja-wol.com. Find our conscious products, learn more about the free community and sign up for our Conscious Knitting Club membership and our weekly newsletter. You can follow me on Instagram at Javel Rotterdam. If you're a regular listener, consider making a monthly contribution and becoming a sponsor through our Patreon page. If you're able to make a financial contribution, it will mean a lot. The show is free for you, but it's not free to produce. If you own a business that fits the narrative, I will happily make a mini commercial for you. If you are a maker, small business owner, or otherwise experienced in running a business with a conscience, or know someone that fits the description and want to tell my listeners about your experiences, get in touch with me via the website or send me a DM on Instagram. Knowing more and choosing with a conscience makes the world better. If you have any questions about an episode or want to leave a note to me and the other listeners, click the button in the latest show notes on the website and talk. 
One of the easiest things you can do to support the podcast is to leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast on the platform of your choice so you'll never miss an episode. And share it in your social network or even just mentioning it over coffee with a friend. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. Thanks for listening. Bye.